when people think of Lamar Jackson, they think of the MVP from last year who just throws deep bombs, explodes out of the pocket, runs like these 20, 25 yard, big chunk yardage, just a very explosive athlete. But I think this game showed why he won the MVP last year, like down 10, seven and a half against a really good defense made every single adjustment you want to see from your quarterback. And like you said, clinically dissected a very vaunted Colts defense. I mean, look at the Chiefs' offense. They didn't even have, like, 30 yards or 40 yards rushing. What, like, 8-16, 20, 26. They didn't have 30 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. That's crazy for this Chiefs' offense, who has two insane running backs, right? Clyde Edwards-Elair and Le'Veon Bell. And they had 30 yards rushing. It's actually the craziest thing. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Locked In Podcast. My name is Ani. My name is Shree. And it has been a while, but we are back. Don't worry, we've been locked in the sports world. That's a pun for you. We've just been a little bit busy, but we are back. We took our bye week a few weeks ago, and we've kept it nice and easy. But, I mean, there's just so much news to talk about now with the NFL, with the NBA, with the MLB, that we had to make another episode to talk about all that has happened in the sports world. Yeah, we're, we're going to get things started off. We're going to just go over last week's NFL scores, talk about some of the games, some key players, and going on into previewing week 10, right? It's 10 weeks into this COVID weird NFL season. Still really entertaining games, a lot of storylines, so we're just going to get right to it. You want to start week 9? Um, Packers-Niners. The Packers won 34-17. Um, Pretty cut and dry. The Niners didn't really put up much of a fight in this game, but their team is also just injury riddled. So I don't know what to make of this Niner team right now. I mean, it used to be the 39ers and now it's the 29ers. Like they keep on dropping 10 digits every time a huge piece gets injured. But I mean, yeah, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers cut that defense up. The defense, especially with regards to the secondary, doesn't have that many injuries. Right, and Jason Verrett's been playing out of his mind, so I thought it would be a close one. I actually thought the Niners would win based on their uh, previous performance the the weeks past. Their defense has been stepping up, but boy, was I wrong. I, I know the NFC West is a dogfight. The Niners right now four and five. I don't, I see no way they eventually contend for a playoff spot. It just seems really rough, especially given their division and the Rams, who are objectively one of the weaker teams in the division, are still like right there in the mix for a wild card spot. Which is just tells you how competitive this division is. It's probably the best division in football. And like the Niners are just really, sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. And it's really hard to tell from a betting perspective. I would not bet real money on the Niners because sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. And it is extremely confusing. But that game was particularly cut and dry. And I think, you know, it kind of was a bounce back game from for, for Aaron Rodgers from the Bucks game and kind of showed like, hey, against a real defense. I mean, even though this is only half their defense. I, I can still play. And, you know, this might have launched him to be the front runner in the MVP race with how badly Russell Wilson played in week eight. But I think I will get to that. I think Pat Mahomes is still one. He has 25 touchdowns, one interception for a division leading Chiefs team. But Patrick Mahomes also has the second most dropped interception. So although he do he does only have one interception, it's kind of like a fake stat, like fake news, because like he really should have a lot more. Well, and nobody, nobody's going to nitpick that when they're voting for MVP. 
The craziest part is the person who has the number one most dropped interceptions is Carson Wentz, and he has the most interceptions in the league already. Okay, to be fair, Carson Wentz is literally throwing to practice squad receivers. He has Jalen Rager now, who has started this week in my fantasy lineup, so we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, he has Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager, and literally no one else. So, um, yeah, the NFC East, we don't need to spend too much time on. But another team who I think got schedule destroyed in the beginning of their season were the Houston Texans, and they beat the Jaguars 27-25. Deshaun Watson, leading passer, leading rusher for the team. He just seems to do it all every game, gets very little help. And he said recently, I'm just glad Will Fuller is on the team because otherwise I have no idea what I would do. But I wanted to quickly tell you who the Texans have played so far this season. Opened against the Chiefs. It's a loss. Went up against the Ravens. A loss. Steelers. Loss. Lost to a Vikings team that now looks a little better than maybe what we saw initially in the season. They beat the Jaguars. They lost to the Titans in a game I thought they should have won. Went to overtime. They lost to the Packers, and now they beat the Jaguars. So, yes, their only two wins of the season are against Jacksonville. But I really think they just got, not blessed, but really cursed with, like, one of the worst opening schedules I can possibly think of. Yeah, this game was super close. I mean, the Texans got shot out in the in the fourth quarter, which is pretty crazy. The Texans also did get blessed in the sense that Jake Lutton is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so this rookie with absolutely no experience starting played pretty well, 304 yards, one touchdown, only one interception. And again, James Robinson, if Herbert and Burrow weren't doing so well, James Robinson would clearly be the front runner for rookie of the year on the offensive side of the ball. But I think of the, of the rookies, he's number three right now in terms of offense because he's just been playing lights out and he's consistent. I mean, Chase Claypool's had a breakout game here and there. And Justin Jefferson's been doing well, but Chase Claypool's been shut down for the past few games. Justin Jefferson, ever since Dalvin Cook has gone off, has been not having the production he had in his three-game stretch where he basically had 150 yards a game. But James Robinson consistently week after week averages close to 100 yards, if not more, in a touchdown. So he is really being the workhorse back for this Jaguars team that lost Leonard Fournette. And people thought they wouldn't be the same. They took this guy that nobody would heard of, and now he's blossoming into one of the star running backs in the league so good for the Jaguars they're one and seven but they do have a really bright spot on the offense side of the ball I think the receivers are not bad as well Chris Conley DJ Chara Keelan Cole and then LaVisca Chenault looked really good for a few games he has not been doing well but we'll see about the quarterback situation I know that Gardner Minshew had a broken hand and played with the broken hand for a few games even against the Chargers so it really depends on how that heals. I think they should just rest him, start Jake Lutton, throw anybody else out there because I, I think of all the options they have at quarterback, Gardner Minshew might be the best. And if you decide to take a gamble and draft somebody, maybe the, the Jets for some reason pass up on Trevor Lawrence, then you get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I think the Jaguars do have the number two pick right now, if, I, if, if I'm not mistaken. So The Jets passing on Trevor Lawrence would be peak 2020 football news because they've tanked the entire season they lost a game they should have won last week against the Patriots and I think they intentionally lost like I've never seen a team more intentionally lose than the way the Jets lost last week so it would be a shame if they passed on Trevor Lawrence let the Jaguars even have that opportunity but we'll see we'll monitor those bottom feeding teams later yeah, and we'll talk about that that Jets Patriots matchup which was Monday Night Football probably the worst Monday Night Football matchup of the year but 
actually provided us with this, provided us with a pretty good game. But you know, the Jaguars are one in seven, and two teams that are at the mix for worst second worst team in the league, other than the Jets, are the New York Football Giants and Washington Football Team. Both are now what two and seven and two and six, so essentially only two wins. The New York Giants won this game, and I think Daniel Dimes Jones, Danny Dimes, is like what undefeated against the, the Washington football team in his career, I think. That's one of so, those stats that just doesn't need to exist. No, so I think here's what needs to happen, right? You just keep Daniel Dan- like Daniel Dimes-Jones on the bench, right, or practice squad him, and just like literally pay him all the money he needs to be paid because I don't think he's going to be a quarterback anywhere else. But whenever the New York football giants are playing the Washington football team, just bring in Danny Dimes. He wins you the game automatically. You get two guaranteed wins, and then you draft some other quarterback, right? So it's like a nice, you know. There's two guaranteed wins. Imagine if you had two guaranteed wins a year, just kept a guy on the bench as your backup quarterback. It's perfect. On the real with Daniel Jones, though, like this this game was a good Danny Dimes game because he didn't turn the ball over. When he doesn't turn the ball over, I think all of his strengths as a quarterback, a very athletic quarterback, like we all know the trip where he almost basically had like a 90-yard touchdown, but he's very mobile. He doesn't lose his composure when the pocket breaks down. He... I, I think just his lack of weapons right now is limiting him. Like, obviously, they don't have Saquon, so that's just a huge part of their offense not there. But he looked good. And, yes, it was against the Washington football team that really doesn't have much going for them. Like, yes, we love Alex Smith here on this podcast. Shout out to him. But they barely squeaked out a win against another really bad team. So I like the positives for Daniel Jones, but overall, this team is still a lot of work to do. I think the good thing for the New York Football Giants is the rushing attack. They had two 60-plus-yard rushers with Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris, so both of them looked good, and I agree. When Daniel Jones does not turn the ball over, he is a good quarterback. And I think in terms of just pure skill, I think he's actually a better quarterback than someone like Mitch Trubisky. I see a lot more talent from him. It's just he keeps on making the same mistakes. And it doesn't help that Evan Ingram drops every third pass he, he, he gets thrown. But uh, with regards to the Washington football team, sad news that Kyle Allen is out for the rest of the season. So, fractured foot. And again, it's another foot injury that looks pretty similar to Dak Prescott's. Luckily, the severity is not as bad. But, I mean, this Washington football team is nothing going for them other than two bright spots. One is obviously Chase Young, right? Going to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL for a long, long time. He's back. He's healthier. And he had a sack against the New York football Giants, so played pretty well. And Terry McLaurin, right, really blossoming into one of the better receivers in the league. And considering the people he has throwing for him, it's damn good. But, I mean, Alex Smith, we love you, but three interceptions against the New York Giants team is not the type of football you want to play, especially when you're now projected to be the starter as Ron Rivera has no trust in Dwayne Haskins, so... Terry McLaurin putting up the numbers he does is kind of similar to how Allen Robinson has been doing it in Chicago all these years. Like, it's just, they've, there hasn't been good quarterback play. And I think McLaurin is a huge victim of that right now. Yeah. But, you know, a game that was really good, especially more on the defensive side of the ball, was the Ravens versus the Colts. And people were a bit iffy on the Ravens. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson really came out, was super accurate, really sort of, clinically tore down that Colts defense and we heard Lamar Jackson this week talk talking about how defenses have been calling him out on their plays 
but I think they did a really good job against the Colts, and obviously the defense stepped up for the Ravens, and Phillip Rivers turns the ball over. What's new? Lamar Jackson, 19 for 23, right? Really, really efficient on the passing end, and 58 yards rushing for a touchdown as well. And they really brought in J.K. Dobbins for the rushing attack, but also he had two catches. I think they need to utilize him more on the offense side of the ball. They just have too many weapons, but I think 24 to 10, it didn't tell the whole story because really the first half was kind of a dud, right? It was 10 to 7, the Colts were up, and then they just like let up two easy touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter. But I think the Ravens look okay now. I think if... If Lamar Jackson's efficient, I think the Ravens are one of the best teams in football. But when he's not efficient and he tends to throw incomplete passes and they just don't know what they're doing, it's just eh. like I feel like Patrick Mahomes, their offense doesn't have to be humming, but with Lamar Jackson, their offense has to be humming and rolling for them to play well offensively. I think when when and following up on what you said, I think when people think of Lamar Jackson, they think of the MVP from last year who just throws deep bombs explodes out of the pocket, runs like these 20, 25 yard, big chunk yardage, just a very explosive athlete. But I think this game showed why he won the MVP last year, like down 10, seven and a half against a really good defense made every single adjustment you want to see from your quarterback. And like you said, clinically dissected a very vaunted Colts defense. So I thought overall he played an ideal, like, game manager game which we were not accustomed to talking Lamar as a game manager but he executed that role as perfectly as you can and be a very good Colts team so I think more games like this will kind of solidify the Ravens as an upper tier AFC threat because right now I think people still see Kansas City and Pittsburgh as 1A 1B so I, I I was encouraged from what I saw I want to talk real quick about misused weapons Marquise Hollywood Brown is a guy that I've been really high on since he got drafted because I've seen him play at Oklahoma against my Texas Longhorns, consistently tore them apart. It's not only that he's fast, he has John Ross speed, but he's a crisp, clean route runner and has amazing hands. He gets so misutilized as part of this Ravens offense, it's unbelievable. They never, if rarely, throw him deep shots, and they're such a good running team. I don't know why they don't play action and throw him the deep ball more often. Like, I feel like he should have at least a touchdown every single game, 100 yards receiving, like only two or three catches in the sense of they just keep on throwing him the deep ball, but he gets really misutilized. feel bad for him. Even he said uh, on Instagram or on Twitter that he's getting misutilized. And the, the second person that's getting misutilized is my boy in Indiana, Jonathan Taylor, right? One of the greatest running backs, if not the greatest running back in college football history, gets drafted. Marlon Mack goes down for the Colts, and everyone's thinking, oh, it's now Jonathan Taylor's time to shine, but I feel like the Colts are giving Taylor every excuse not to play. He only had six carries. He only had 27 yards, and once he fumbled against the uh, Ravens, they just took him out, and they're playing Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. They're giving every other back in that rotation an excuse except for him, and they're not even giving him plays that he would thrive in they're not looking at his tape in wisconsin and saying yeah he's more of a downhill physical runner he's more of a derrick henry dalvin cook type of guy let's make running plays and make schemes that like make him be the best he can be they're just doing sort of zone zone runs and runs on the outside where you know it's it's not great and yeah, I mean, Naheem Hines is really benefiting because Naheem Hines really benefits on those inside runs where he can slip between the tackles. 
and that's exactly what they're doing and they're not feeding Jonathan Taylor at all. It's like for for some reason like Chris Ballard or like the the Colts GM or front office someone must have liked him drafted him but Frank Reich just doesn't does not like him and is like I'm giving him every excuse to not play. Well, when when we get to this whatever game just happened today on Thursday night Titans Colts Naeem Hines had a fantastic game. So I don't I don't really want to go on discrediting him but you're right like Jonathan Taylor should get more touches especially given his pedigree. So yeah. That's something. And, you know, about the Ravens and Hollywood Brown, that's Greg Roman offense for you in a nutshell, right? Like, it's, it didn't work in San Francisco after a while once everyone figured him out. And now in Baltimore, it kind of looks like that. Like, when you can call out the MVP of the league and predict his plays and know what's coming, um, obviously that's not going to always be the case. But the fact that there's even this discussion going on about one of the best teams is a little concerning. So, there do I think there does need to be some sort of shift. Maybe don't fire Roman, but change up the playbook a little. Like get your deep threats involved in the offense a little more, so you don't we don't have to see this every single week. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I mean we'll just we'll see. I I, I talked about at the beginning of the season. I think the biggest key for the Ravens is adjusting their offensive playbook. I think it's really easy to to tell them apart once you've seen their offense a couple of times. They need to be very adaptable. And I think they had the tools to do that. They're just not equipped in terms of the coaching staff to do that. Or maybe they're just being stubborn. But, I mean, talking about running backs with the pedigree, right? We talk about Jonathan Taylor. Delvin Cook has been on a tear, and he has changed this Vikings team from what people thought was going to be a 2-14 and 14 season to now they're 3-5. and five. And again, Delvin Cook, 206 yards rushing. Kirk Cousins at 220 yards passing. It's crazy. Dude, how proud do you think Adrian Peterson was on the Lions watching his boy Dalvin Cook just absolutely shred his defense? Um, I Dalvin Cook has had back-to-back almost historic games. And, you, you know, we don't really talk about running backs in the MVP conversation. But if Minnesota does turn around their season and finishes with, you know, like that 9-7, and 10-6 record, like... We have to put him top three, top four if he continues this pace. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm just looking. So he had 130 yards against the Texans. Then he had, oh, yeah, he only had 65 yards, only 65 yards against the the Seahawks. Then he had, oh, yeah, he didn't play against the Falcons. Then he came back against the Packers, had 163 yards, then had 200 yards, 200 plus yards against the Vikings, against the Titans, he only had 181 yards only, right? But he's had a couple of really, really good games. Granted, they haven't played the best of running defenses. When they played the Colts, he only had 63 yards, right? So the Packers running defense is not great. The Seahawks defense in general just sucks. Titans running defense is not that great, as we saw today with the Naheem Naheem Hines situation. Lions defense is not good. So he hasn't played the best of defenses, let's be honest. But still, the fact that he's able to put up this production is insane. And I think they've gotten lucky. They've, they've played teams with bad run defenses, and they're sort of clicking on offense. But, I mean, even in a passing game, Justin Jefferson, as I talked about earlier, stepping up and becoming the true number two receiver, filling in for that Stephon Diggs role. So, I mean, that, that seems pretty set for the Vikings, right? On the offensive side of the ball, at least. It's Kirk Cousins needs to just show up, you know? Well, that's what I was going to quickly going to ask before we move on from this game. Is Kirk Cousins your long-term quarterback answer? 
mean, I think he's fine right now, right? He, you, he has a good rapport with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen can catch a ball from anybody. Justin Jefferson seems like he, he seems like he can catch a ball from anybody too. And if you have this good of a rushing attack, I think honestly, if they stack the box against you, just play action, throw it to the outside. You have two damn good receivers. You have Kyle Rudolph as a tight end, so you have enough weapons for it to be okay. So I think Kirk Cousins can take you to the Super Bowl. Can he win you Super Bowl? I don't think so. He doesn't have that Nick Foles magic, but you know, no one does. Okay, saying he could take you to a Super Bowl is gutsy. I'll give you that. I don't think Listen, he's. I don't even think he's a top ten quarterback. Case Keenum almost took the Vikings to a Super Bowl. He was damn close. Everyone so has Case that. Keenum, everyone has that lucky year where just everything on the team is good. I'm not except, saying he can take you to the Super Bowl consistently. I'm saying he can take you to a Super Bowl, but. Speaking of sprinkling some Nick Foles magic, and notice how he skipped over the Lions because they're irrelevant as a franchise. Not as a city, though. Love Detroit, but the Lions are just, you know, in agony. Nick Foles had some magic. 335 yards, two tutters. Honestly, this game loss was not his fault. I will I will stand on that hill. This no, loss was not no, his fault. No, I, I knew you were going to say he had 335 yards and two touchdowns. They didn't get anything going through three quarters. Their offense looked like it was ground to a halt. Like it, it did not look. People they had less than fifty yards rushing. People on Twitter were calling for Mitch Trubisky to start. People no, were okay. asking for it's Mitch's they magic. Establish the rush game. Okay, think about this. The problem is you can't establish the running game if your pass offense has nothing to it. He threw for three hundred thirty-five yards. Dude, Clearly, there was something. Most there. of that was just garbage time in the fourth. It doesn't matter when it happens. Listen, I watched this whole game because I love the boy Nick Foles. The entire game, they ran for like 60 yards. It's unbelievable. And they just misused David Montgomery entirely. They have Barcavius Mingo. What a name. What a, <laughs> what name. a name. What an amazing name. And they don't utilize him. They have two guys with amazing names. Cordero Patterson, Barcavius Mingo. Don't utilize them at all. It's just hey, Cordero crazy. Patterson, top 10 kick returner all time. Okay, sure. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Honestly, though, the defense did not play that well. They gave up way too many points in this game. No, that's that's the thing. And, like, the Titans offense, they'll put up 24 points. But you look at the stats after it's like Ryan Tannehill, 10 for 21, 158, two touchdowns. Like, doesn't scream out exceptional offensive game. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Most of his yards were to one guy, A.J. Brown. Right. A.J. Brown played really well. But Derrick Henry didn't have his, like, crazy Derrick Henry game. And this was... Like this was a candidate game for him to just explode, but you know the Bears defense. This game just shows how much the Bears are carried by their defense. No, actually, it's true. Uh, I know, I know. I said their defense didn't play well because I have super expectations for them because they're one of the best defenses in the league. But in general, like I, I feel like giving up twenty four points is not the greatest thing for a defense to do, especially one of the best defenses in the league. But this is a pretty good offensive team on on, on the Titans, but. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this defense is so well built. And they gave up a lot of their weapons, too, if you think about it. But they still have a good defense. And the offense should be at least scoring as much as the defense gives up. So it's, it's kind of a reverse Charger situation. Like, the Chargers defense gives up way too many points. And the offense can keep up almost barely. Right? In this situation, the Bears can hold the other team even to, like, 10, 17 points. And the Bears' offense just cannot score. So... Yeah, it's it's looking rough for the Bears, who had a great start to the season. But yeah, this Titans team is a bit of an enigma, and we'll talk about that as we talk about this week's matchups. But the Panthers-Chiefs, very close game, extremely close game. 
was very surprised when I like was waking up and watching this game, and I was like, "What is going on?" Panthers had the lead for almost the entire what first half, and then sort of exploded in the second half. But they came back, and they were so close—a 65-yard field goal away from winning. And really, Joey Sly. There's been two games this season where he's just been asked to make like a record field goal to win the game or tie the game. I think that's unfair for a young kicker. But if there is anyone who would make a 65-yarder, I think it's Joey Sly. But aside from the kickers, the Christian McCaffrey return was much needed, I think, for Teddy, for the team, just for the franchise in general. But now he's injured. I know, but I don't know how long he's out. He's he's listed day-to-day. He's not playing this week. So <sighs> Well, it was, a, it was a fun game back, I guess. Like, Teddy Bridgewater looked really good. Like, really, really good, actually. Um, high volume. Like, usually you don't expect Teddy to be one of those high volume. Like, I'm going to throw 50 passes. 49 times. He yeah. almost threw 50 times. Yeah, he was 36 of 49, so pretty good accuracy. 310, two touchdowns. And, he like, the run game was fine. The He spread out his targets really well. Curtis Samuel got involved. Christian McCaffrey, 10 receptions, 82 yards, which just shows how valuable he is to their offense. Robbie Anderson had a decent game. They need to get DJ Moore going. He was a huge fantasy sleeper guy coming into the season, but I don't know. His season hasn't panned out the way I thought it would. But all it's in all... They have three good wide receivers, right? With Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. So it seems like their wide receiver and core And you can honestly just throw in McCaffrey in there. Yeah, and McCaffrey. How many all-purpose yards he has per game. Yeah, but I think... I mean, look at the Chiefs' offense... They didn't even have like 30 yards or 40 yards rushing. What, like 8, 16, 20, 26. They didn't have 30 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. That's crazy for this Chiefs offense who has two insane running backs, right? Clyde Edwards-Elair and Le'Veon Bell. And they had 30 yards rushing. It's actually the craziest thing. I think Le'Veon's past his glory days. Like I think he's just going to be relegated to that end of career LaShawn McCoy role. LaShawn McCoy isn't getting a single touch, <laughs> No, like I'm talking about like Bills McCoy. Like he just wasn't the okay. same guy. Like you, you hey, could man, still Bills put up McCoy occasional games. Had this insane snow game where he ran. That was crazy. Yeah, I know the 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 YouTube highlights for that one are fun to watch. Just seeing him like shake defenders and it's just like thick snow falling. Shady's just such a good running back. But I think he made the All Decades Hall of Fame team for the 2010s. Oh yeah, honestly, I'm really mad at the. Uh, all-time NFL, like, the, the, the 100 years team because they left off LaDainian Tomlinson and running backs, and I just think that's such a glaring mistake. No, but that just shows how deep the running back list is. Dude, it's LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, as, as yes. an objective, unbiased fan of the sport and not a Chargers fan, how can you be like, oh, yeah, LaDainian Tomlinson isn't one of the greatest all-time running backs? No, he, he definitely... No one's saying he's not one of the great all-time running backs. He's just NFL not... NFL is... I just think they're better running backs than him, like, in the last... Since whenever the NFL started, I don't know, man. Don't don't ask me. Ask the guys who made this list. Um, let's Chris let's... Collinsworth, man. It's Chris, Chris Collinsworth. Oh my God! Speaking of Chris Collinsworth, dude. Every time Russell Wilson throws any deep bomb, he calls it a moon ball, and the moon balls were not plenty as the Bills destroyed the Seahawks, forty four thirty four. Final score makes it look close. Really wasn't. Bills were playing a very very disciplined game. Um. Russell Wilson forced the ball a lot into places that really should not be forced. Um, of course, he's going to end up with high volume yardage because anytime the Seahawks go down one or two scores, it's just Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. There's no run game involved. 
because Carson's always injured. They're relying on DJ Dallas right now as their primary running back. And every game, you know, there's going to be one crazy, either Wilson to Metcalf or Wilson to Lockett. Today was the DK Metcalf game. He had a fantastic game. It's just always fun to see him play football. But this this game kind of showed why Josh Allen was so highly talked about in the MVP conversation for the first like four or five weeks. Like he just dominated. Like, it looked like he was always comfortable in the pocket. His receivers had nobody around them. Seattle's pass defense is god awful. My housemate Nikhil is always complaining about how the Seahawks seem to do everything in the offseason except improve their pass defense. And this season, they look terrible. Yeah, the Seahawks defense is just so bad that it doesn't matter how good their offense is. It's kind of like a bear situation, but their offense is so good, but doesn't the other teams got 44 points. Like what can you do? So, I mean, I think this game just purely lines up to the defense. I don't blame, I mean, Russell Wilson did throw a couple picks, but still like their defense gave up so many points, so many yards. It's unbelievable. Yeah, when you go down 14 nothing in the first quarter, it just feels like such an uphill battle for Russell. The entire game, he just feels like, oh, I got to hero ball my way out of this. And that's just not how the Seahawks are going to go far in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, so the next matchup we had, the Broncos versus the Falcons. And in classic Falcons fashion, they, they only give up six points in the first three quarters. And I had the Falcons defense special teams on my, on my fantasy team. And I was like, oh, this is looking great. Last quarter, they gave up 21 points. And they only won by seven points. They only won by a touchdown. It's 27-34. Like, if the Falcons didn't score the touchdown in the fourth, it would have been a tie game. So, in classic fashion, uh, Falcons fashion, they gave it up. And, yeah, Drew Locke looked okay. He actually looked pretty good. Especially in the fourth quarter, he looked good. But, you know, I guess anybody looks good against the Falcons in the fourth quarter. So There's a video on Jerry Judy running routes, and he looks so as good. polished a route runner as anyone in the league right now. So good. Crazy draft Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Falcons, I think, are the best 3-6 and six team. Like They, they shouldn't be 3-6. and six. I think they should have two more wins based no, on the earlier this season. The reason they're 3-6 is because they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Like It's just obvious. No, it's just, it just they, they should have two more wins based on they, they the two games they blew earlier this season. They should know they keep on giving up leads in the fourth quarter. Even if they're up, there's games that are just always so close. We saw against the Panthers Thursday night football two weeks ago. They almost lost that game too. It's just they always consistently give up leads in the fourth quarter. So they're perfectly well deserved to be where they are. Well, another team who cannot get it done in the fourth quarter. The Let's go. Los Angeles Chargers and my Oakland Raiders, my Las Vegas Raiders. Let me correct myself. 31-26. I was watching the end of this game on stream because I had to go somewhere, but it was a spotty stream. There was that one um, back corner of the end zone post route that was it. I, I forgot Which the one? receiver. No, the, the last play the of the game. One. Not the first one. The first one oh, was um, Mike Williams. Williams. Mike Williams dropped it. And See, the reason he dropped it was because the Raiders defender, like it's not his fault, but he literally landed on his legs and his legs just like collapsed under the body of the Raiders defender. Just dropped it, which sucks. And then Donald Parham dropped the fade. I have some things to say, but I'll let you talk first. I'm just going to say Derek Carr just looks like a different guy this year. He goes for first downs that I don't think he would have gone post-injury when he had that leg injury. I think he's finally fully healthy. I think the run game has been fantastic. Devontae Booker played a phenomenal game, complementing this power running style from Josh Jacobs. Booker is just like a little shiftier, which I really like. I like the two backs really playing each other, playing off of each other really well. 
Um, third and Renfro, Carr had this bomb running down the side, looking like Mahomes. I'm pretty sure if it was Patrick Mahomes making that throw, the commentators would probably scream on spot and just talk about how great this quarterback is. But because it's Derek Carr, they say nothing. They just say, oh, nice throw, nice catch. You know what? Let's move on. First down. Really annoying. But I I saw why the Chargers lose games in the fourth. And it's because... When they have an ounce of a lead, you guys had momentum against us for so long in this game. They Their defense just zones up. Like, they stop being so aggressive in their man defense. They allow these chunk plays and yards. And it just feels like the Raiders could move the ball anytime they wanted in the fourth against the Chargers. I will say our defense short up in the fourth. You guys, so we stopped the Raiders on a drive. The Raiders punted. We muffed the punt. Raiders recover, we stop them from scoring, and you guys kick the field goal, right? You guys only scored three points in the fourth quarter. So our defense, surprisingly, was actually not terrible in the fourth quarter. I guess, I guess from like from what I was saying, like the, the, the third was just the third, bad. The, the third, third was bad. Yeah, and listen, this has been my problem with our defense the entire time. Is we play way too much zone, which makes sense. We're a Gus, Blad- Gus Bradley-led defense. We play too much zone, and we just don't have the right personnel to play zone. Kenneth Murray, the, the the linebacker we got, just is not very good Like at playing the type of defense we need him to play. But I think my biggest issue with this game, first off, and it will always be with the Chargers, the story of the Chargers is just how garbage at special teams they are. You know, I keep on talking about this, but the 2010 Chargers, the only team ever to be number one offense, number one defense to not make the playoffs because their special teams are so bad they lost them games. Again, our special teams are ranked 32nd, dead last in the league. We muffed a punt. We missed, I believe, one field goal, two field goals, one field goal. And if we made that field goal earlier on the game, if we made a field goal, we would have won the game, right? Because we're down by four. So we missed a field goal. If we made that field goal, we would just kick the field goal and won this game. That didn't happen. Muffed that punt, lost so much momentum, right? Our special teams just suck. Constantly gives us terrible field position and gives the other team great field position. But I think the most important thing here is this coaching, right? Special teams coaching has to improve. But Justin Herbert is a rookie. If I was a quarterback, or sorry, if I was a coach <laughs> in the NFL, I cannot be a quarterback. Maybe I can be a coach. Because if I was a coach in the NFL and I had a rookie quarterback, the one thing I would do every single day of practice is a two-minute drill at the end. Because the biggest difference between college football and the NFL is in college football, you can march down the field from your 20-yard line with a minute, 10 seconds, and no timeouts because you get a stop every first down. The clock stops every first down. It's not like that in the NFL, right? So towards the end of the second quarter, right, end of the first half, Chargers are marching down the field. They throw it to Mike Williams around the 40-yard line, right? Two-minute warning hits. I'm thinking, oh, we only have 40 yards, three timeouts, and like two minutes, like easy money, right? Justin Herbert throws the ball down the middle, three times we have 22 seconds left and luckily there's a pass that's thrown to Keenan Allen on some blown coverage we get a touchdown but if we didn't we didn't call a single timeout we let the clock drop down to 22 seconds didn't call a single timeout imagine if that hadn't like imagine if it was like an incomplete pass right imagine if we didn't score we had to kick a field goal we had 40 yards to go with three timeouts we didn't call a single one just garbage clock management Justin Herbert keeps on throwing down the middle during a two-minute warning can I say your time management in the fourth actually wasn't terrible because you guys drove down essentially to our goal line, had three chances to win the game. I don't yeah, think but- that was as big an issue in this game as, okay, maybe in, in previous games, sure. 
No, I but think, in I this think... game specifically, my issue was that Justin Herbert kept on throwing the ball down the middle to the running back, right? He has to learn. You need to throw to the sidelines. Like, you need to create, like, out-of-bounds plays. That That's why, like... So I think we did get screwed over by the refs because I'm not sure if you agree, but Mike Williams had a catch that put him out like out of bounds like the four yard line, right? Mm-hmm. Or like he like he caught the ball and he went out of bounds. Yes. But then they said he was in. Like I thought objectively, like he was out, and I don't know why they ruled him in. But like we had to spike the ball and we only had five seconds left. I thought we should have had 13 seconds left. I thought we should have had at least like that much time. I thought he clearly went out of bounds, like. He got pushed out. I don't think it was. I don't think it was clearly out of bounds. No, it was very clear. Like just why I watched the play again just to make sure. Like, like his knees didn't come in bounds. Like he just like it's like he caught the ball and got pushed out of bounds. And they were like, "Oh, you're in bounds, dude." Like it was just very weird. I'm like confused on why. Okay, but this is the thing, right? So, the Chargers out of the two minute warning. It's a third down play, right? Justin Herbert runs for the first down, right? He almost gets it. It's very close, right? The officials are running. They're trying to spot the ball. Nothing happens for 45 seconds. Anthony Lynn is confused. Everyone's confused. He doesn't call a timeout even though he has one, right? And he lets the clock tick down to a minute 22 until the next play is called. If you're a good coach in that situation, you call the timeout, right? Because if it's close enough that like upstairs booth is going to review it, they'll give you the timeout back, right? But even if it's not, it's a fourth and one. You need to make sure you get that conversion. So you got to talk about it with your team. You need to call that timeout, but they didn't. They let 45 seconds tick down, and then they call the timeout. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and that's the reason we only had two plays. So we had two plays at like the four-yard line, right, with five mm-hmm. seconds left. I totally agree with the first play to throw the fade. That's the perfect play to do. Two, think, no, let's say two back shoulder fades that no, really the, the, were – they worked. Like they, they, no, uh, the, they were really good throws. So, in my mind, the first one was perfect, right? Because like, like you you need a one second play, right? Or you need a play that's like very very short. So you got that, you almost caught it, right? But the second play is the one I have an issue with. I wonder why you throw a back shoulder fade again. That two to a third string tight end. Granted, he is quite big and tall, but like the back shoulder fade statistically only has a thirty percent chance of working. And you'd already thrown four of them. Them four, they threw four back shoulders that game, and none of them worked. So like, I don't I, know what. Can I say one thing about that last play? Isaiah Johnson was the the cornerback covering that play, and earlier that week, one of his best friends was killed. So, I think he played the game of his life. Game saving play, play. was amazing. That man. play was play crazy. Was like it, I thought it was a catch because my stream was blurry. I was like, "Damn, we really got screwed over by the worst fourth quarter team in the league." Like, I saw the I ball was, pop out, so I was just mad. But like that was an amazing play by him. So it was a really good game. Him. Like I, for all we say about our teams, like that was a very fun contest to watch. Hundred percent. And I wasn't expecting to win, so the fact that we came this close is a win in my heart. You know, the Chargers in my mind are basically undefeated because we've had a chance to win every single game this season, and we we, we almost won them. So you know what? It's okay. I'm happy. And our rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, has been playing amazing. Another rookie quarterback who's under the microscope, under a bit of scrutiny, but has been playing quite well in his two games. What is this Tua, accent? What is this accent? Tua Tungavailoa, right? Played super well. Uh, super well. Pretty well. And the first game against the Rams didn't have to do anything because the defense stepped up. But this game against the Cardinals, against Kyler Murray, the first player who's probably going to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards. 
in the season is, you know, going to be crazy. Kyler Murray's insane. Tua played really well, 34-31, probably the one of the best games I've seen all year, right? And really, really good stuff by both teams. This game kind of showed the future of football and where it's going, which is two very mobile, very accurate quarterbacks who kind of have to do it all for their team to have a chance to win. So just really entertaining football up and down the field, high-flying, fast-paced. Um, and two overachieving teams. Like the Cardinals are way better than what I thought they would be this season. The Dolphins are incredibly better than what I thought they'd be this season. So credit to Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Flores, um, literally everyone on these teams. They're just balling out. And that, this was a really evenly matched, close, fun game. You know, the thing that makes me sad as a Chargers fan is, like, we have Justin Herbert, they have Kyler Murray, and then they have Tua, right? Honestly, like, between those three, it's kind of a pick in my mind. Like, like there's personal favorites, whatever. But the thing the Dolphins and the Cardinals have that the Chargers don't is the Dolphins have, and the Cardinals both have a, a competent coaching staff, which is very important, which I'm learning, right? Coaching is important. I never knew that before. I'm an idiot. It's very important. But the second thing they do have is good defenses. Chargers, not only don't they have a competent coaching staff, they also don't really have a good defense. So it doesn't matter how good the rookie quarterback is. It just like it's, it falls apart, which is why I think for most people, the Cardinals are overachieving. And so are the Dolphins is because their defense has been stepping up, right? And their coaching staff is good. So, yeah, I mean, it's just lucky that those two teams have good defenses. The Steelers have a good defense, but somehow, some way, they let Garrett Gilbert almost win a game against them. <laughs> Garrett, yeah, it feels like the the Cowboys are just changing quarterback names every single week. I miss Denucci just for the name, but you know this is just a lost season for the Cowboys. Super high expectations coming in. I, I I don't know. Like I just feel bad for them at this point. Like it's just without Dak, without any semblance of a competent offense, they they don't look right but they're still getting these primetime games. Stephen A is still clowning them on his Instagram. Um, rough year for quote-unquote America's team. But the Steelers have... I hope Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. Like I know he came back after the injury and still let a touchdown drive, but I do hope for the sake of this team that he is healthy. They seem like one of the best... Sorry, they seem like one of the worst great teams I've ever seen because all their games are close. Like they really almost could have lost every single game they played. So the the Steelers said they are preparing as if he's going to play, right? But like he has injuries to both knees. And like in my mind, you're playing <sighs> the Bengals. Just like don't play him, dude. Like it's G. Yeah, give him, give him a week off. Give him a week off. Yeah, that's why I picked the Bengals because I thought Ben Roethlisberger would not play. I still think the Steelers are a better team. No, they are, but like, I mean, who, like, what, you want Mason Rudolph? Mason Rudolph to... won some games last year. I do, sure. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. I, I think, okay, I, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger should be out for a game. Like, that's all I'm saying. Just this game against the Bengals, just bench him, man, just rest him. You don't need him to, like, to, like, imagine if they lose this game. Like, or sorry, they lose him. That's the craziest part. I don't think load management has made its way to the NFL yet. It's still a very NBA thing, which is... I know. I don't know, man. Um, two quarterbacks who are old as hell and should implement load management, but don't. 
Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And this was supposed to be a really fun game. This is supposed to be two legends trading the all-time passing touchdown record back and forth and back and forth. But, but it was so one-sided. It was unbelievable. It was a dud of a game. Well, not for the Saints, but for the Bucks. Um, Tom Brady really looked awful. And this is the first game I can say this season. Like, you know, in the beginning of the season, he was just getting his, like, getting his reps in, um, figuring out the playbook. And then he looked really good. People were talking about him. MVP discussion. Still has low-key MVP numbers, but... This game was bad. Like, he looked like any one of us two could have been in quarterback and probably done a little better than how Brady did. So... I think that's an overstatement, but... You know you know the hyperbole is strong here. Or the, the exaggeration is quite powerful. But this is just a bad game. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a fluky Bucks loss. I think they're still a good team. And I just think they ran into the Saints at a weird time. Shout out to this game because I was in my fantasy football league. I was playing against someone who had three people in this game, right? They had um, Michael Thomas, um, Rob Gronkowski, and Chris Godwin. And I was like, I'm 100% going to lose. I'm only up by like 30 points. They're for sure those three guys are going to get 30 points. But just like, I think combined, they got like six points because nobody threw to Chris Goblin, nobody threw to Gronk. And then Michael Thomas never got the ball because it was all too Manuel Sanders. So, how happy about that. Is but, Godwin having like a very down year? It's because he broke his finger, right? So, yeah. I don't know. He's way better than what his stats are indicating right now. Um. Okay, last game of the week. We really spent a lot of time on this. Um, Patriots, Jets. I, I guess we already kind of touched on this, but, you know, fourth quarter cam for the first time in a really long time come from behind win in a game the Jets had and had again and had again, and they lost. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you said it best. I think the Jets found a way to lose this game, which is hilarious, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, good for the Patriots, I guess. I think Cam Newton, like, looked good-ish sometimes, but... Yeah, I mean, I, re- I don't really want to spend time talking about the, uh, you know, talking about the Jets. Yeah, but. let's let's move on to Week Ten. Okay, so today's game was Colts Titans, and I thought this was going to be a really fun game, pitting one of the league's best defenses in the Colts against a pretty efficient offensive team in the Titans, and we saw the Colts kind of dismantle this Tennessee team. Like I I haven't seen Tennessee look phased the way they did today. And part of that was, I think, yes, Derrick Henry had his typical good game, but the pass offense was very limited. Like, I I didn't see a lot of downfield attempts. I saw a lot of dink and dunk. I saw a lot of the Ryan Tannehill I saw in Miami. So I don't know exactly what that was, but also shout out to the Colts special team unit and also... A anti shout out to the Titans special team unit. Their punter had a shank, a 17 yard punt, and he also got a punt blocked for a touchdown return. So I I don't know. This is just a, a dominant game for the Colts on all fronts, I thought. So I think the story of this game is what happened in the very beginning, right? AJ Brown open for I think what would have been a 70 yard touchdown. He drops the ball. And from then on, they didn't really look for the deep pass. They had it on the second drive of the game. A.J. Brown beat his guy in single coverage. There was a single high safety. They threw the ball to him. It would have been a guaranteed touchdown. But it's like they seemingly abandoned 
the 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 long passing game, and AJ Brown has been so useful for them since coming back from injury. He's he's he's, he's had a touchdown in almost every single game mm-hmm. after coming back from injury, and then this game just they didn't look for that long passing. I think that long passing really opens up the, their offensive playbook, right? Because you can play action, you can throw long, and if they cover long, then you can throw into the flat. You can throw seam routes, right? It's just it opens your playbook up a lot, and so. I think not having that really made a big impact on the way that team played offense. And I do agree the Colts had a pretty good game defensively, but I think moreover, they they got lucky. I think the Titans made some huge errors on special teams. As you said, Mm -hmm. the punts were shanked. Goskowski missed a field goal. But the Colts, I mean, if you watch the game, especially in the first half, they did not convert a lot of times on on third and fourth down, right? Mm -hmm. They almost, like had what three turnover on downs they had two they almost had three a lot of going for it on fourth in this game which i i yeah. kind of like i, kinda I was like mad that. i have rodrigo blankenship man they just need to kick the long field goal kick the 50 <laughs> yard field goal give me the points but i mean on an objective standpoint like what philip rivers almost not like not getting the, the 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 snap off and they had one second left at the end of the half right yeah they got sacked classic philip rivers move right with like no timeouts a few seconds left one play mom spaghetti gets sacked happened all the time with the chargers and he's just lucky that he got he got that snap off to spike the ball but like the colts defense and the colts special teams unit picked up the slack from the offense the offense was not great for the colts and i think again naheem hines had a pretty good game pretty good game very good game fantastic game but i still don't like the running back by committee uh i think though it sucks that marlon mack is out but that's just something they have to figure out because they have now I think after this season, all of these guys are gonna end up with different teams. Like there's no way it can work like this once Marlon Mack is back. Yeah. I mean this is really weird, but good game by the Colts. Surprised me and Shri. Both of us chose the uh Titans to win Titans. this game. Oh yeah, let's talk about our pick'em because last week you were eight and six, I was nine and five. And on over the season Oh sorry, no no no. Last week I was eleven and three, you were ten and four. My bad. So I, I had an almost perfect week. I just missed on the uh, – who did I miss on? Let's see who I missed on. Um, oh, I missed on the Saints. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The Dolphins-Cardinals one was pretty close. And that was I basically on, a pick em. Yeah, and I missed on the Seahawks-Bills, but, you know. I think so. that's also – Seahawks-Bills, no one's going to get mad if you pick the yeah. Seahawks to win that game. I'm, I have some hot takes this week for, for the matchup, so – Let's go – Let's go through these. Yes, Texans, Browns. I said Texans. You said Browns, I think. Yeah, because I just don't trust the Texans. I think the Texans are getting into the favorable part of their schedule. And I was high on the Browns, but after they lost to the Raiders, I was like, all right, that was handily. No, but the reason they lost to the Raiders was because that was the weirdest game of all time. Yeah, it was weird, but it just never felt like the Raiders were threatened in that game. And you know, I think as a Raider fan, when we don't feel threatened in a game, something is wrong. Like the other team is either doing something gravely wrong, no, you or we're a really good team. With that game, the wind was blowing at forty miles per hour. That was what, that's what was wrong with that game. Well, yes, but both teams had to deal with that. Yeah, but I think the Raiders have a better running back right now than the the Browns do. So we shall see. Um, Washington professional football team and the Detroit Lions. I'm going with the Lions. I still think they're better than how we kind of categorized their franchise and their city earlier. In yeah, I had episode. no faith in the Lions, but I have less faith in Washington. So this yes. is like honestly 
garbage game. I'm really glad it's in the morning. Yeah. The morning games are not great. I'm not going to lie. No one, yeah, no one needs to see any of these morning games. Um, and maybe Buccaneers, Panthers, 10 a.m. Um, I have the Bucks winning, but the Panthers are awfully frisky. Well, if the Panthers had Christian McCaffrey, I'd be like, oh, but you know, also the Panthers' defense is not very good, so this is a bounce back game for Tom Brady for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I see a huge Mike Evans red zone game. Yeah, I think because really, like, I mean, you look how many points the Panthers uh gave up to the Chiefs. So I think it's easily going to be a bounce back game compared to the very tough defense the Saints gave to uh to Tom Brady. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a bounce back game. Let's see what's what's up next on the schedule. Eagles Giants. Yeah, I chose the Eagles. You chose the Eagles. I think this one's pretty self explanatory because it was more of just not choosing the Eagles, but being forced not to not pick the Giants. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm in a pretty tight fantasy matchup this week. I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose. I'm playing the best team in my league. So, I'm like, screw it. I'm starting Jalen Rager because, like, the Eagles are probably going to hopefully score a lot against the Giants. Giants are hopefully going to give up a lot of big plays. And you have to take some risks when you when you know you're going to lose, right? So You need a Hail Mary. That's what you need. And Jalen Rager is a really good deep ball catcher. He caught a touchdown last week. So, I mean, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager. Not, not a bad, terrible wide receiving core, but we'll see if Carson Wentz, we'll see how many interceptions he throws this game. I'm thinking two, you know? But I'm we'll thinking see. he goes something like 250, two touchdowns, a pick, a lost fumble, and they win by three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the two turnovers is a safe bet for Carson Wentz. Um, Jaguars, Packers. This is the, the Aaron Rodgers keeps beating up on bad teams and somehow ends up in the MVP race game. How early will they bench Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? I'm thinking at the end of the second or at the start of the third quarter, they're just going to. No, just, no. Yeah. Rodgers isn't going to allow himself to be benched in, in the third quarter. Dude, he, he needs the stats, dude. He needs the stats for MVP. They're playing the Jaguars. Okay, dude, Devontae Adams is going to have like 150 yards by the first, like, end of the first quarter. That's going to be crazy. Okay, I also do think the Packers are prone to an occasional lapse. So I don't, I'm not sure it's just going to be a blowout out the gates. As a Devontae Adams fantasy owner, I really hope that is not the case. <laughs> um, one of the best games of this week, though, Bills-Cardinals. Um, potential for fireworks. I have... I actually really don't know who I picked in this. I'm pretty you sure I said Bills. Bills. Yeah. Um, I, I picked feel... the Cardinals purely to be different because I have such a lead against you. I'm like, I just need to expand my lead. Okay, so. shut up. Um, I would have picked the Cardinals, but the Bills looked really good against the Seahawks last week, and I trust the Seahawks the more than I trust the Cardinals. Looked really good against the Dolphins. I know Look, everything. Okay. No, but the this Dolphins. This is my logic. This is my logic. The Dolphins have a significantly better defense than the Bills. Oh, sorry, than the Seahawks, right? Sure. The Dolphins have a better defense than the. Uh, the okay. The Dolphins have a better defense than the Seahawks. The Cardinals won against the Dolphins. The Bills went against the Seahawks. So first of all, teams... wait, first of all, the Dolphins beat the Cardinals. Yeah, but they almost didn't beat them. Then what, your logic game. is skewed somewhere in this transitive property. It was a three it's, point game. Yeah, your logic is skewed. No, I, I don't. I essentially, I... I essentially believe the Dolphins <laughs> lost that game. <laughs> that, that's the not, Cardinals just like you think the won. Chargers beat the Raiders. Is the Chargers are undefeated, dude. Oh okay, the Dolphins God. basically lost that game, and the Dolphins have much better defense. So the Cardinals would be doing better against the the, the Bills. Stop while you're. I want you're not even ahead. Stop. 
Um, your 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 Dolphins, you know, who apparently lost last week, are playing your LA Chargers. So I'm so ahead. I'm 81, 35, and one of the season. You're 73, 43, and one. That, uh, that's how what, much they, I'm ahead. Call it a comeback. You're telling me there's a chance. Door is always open. Um, uh, Dolphins, Chargers. I, I mean, picked the Dolphins. We both have the Dolphins. We both have the Dolphins. There's no way I'm picking the Chargers for the rest of the season. I'm, do honestly, they have a, Do they have a like a matchup they're favored in the at Jets? all? No, the the Chargers. The Jets. Oh, oh, against the Jets. Okay, yes. I'm picking the Jets to win that matchup. Please don't do joking. that. Don't no, do the that. Jets are going to win that. God. Um, Not Broncos. Broncos. Raiders. Um, I picked the Raiders. Yeah, I picked the Raiders too. Any other season. It's basically a pick'em, and also the home field. I don't know where this is played, honestly. Like, I, is it Broncos at Raiders? Okay, fine. Yeah, it's, it's in Allegiant Stadium. Yes. Okay, so that's it's in Las Vegas. Definitely. Honestly, the I'm really excited for like Vegas because, like, I, as a Chargers fan, I never felt comfortable going into the Coliseum. Just never felt comfortable. Would never. I would never want to wear a Chargers jersey and walk into that place. It seems so I don't, scary. I don't think Raider fans care enough about Charger fans to have any hate towards you guys. I don't think you do. The Raiders and Chargers are like bitter rivals. No. Yes. Yes, they are, but. I think it, as of late, when the Chargers haven't and the Raiders both haven't, no, but it's still like, like kind of scary. But like, imagine this, right? Like you fly into Vegas on like a Friday, right? You just hang out, like you like you you go party, whatever. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, you wake up like four o'clock game, or I guess yeah, right, yeah, four o'clock game. You walk into Legion Stadium right off the strip. You watch the Chargers Raiders in this nice, beautiful, clean, pristine stadium. That's nothing like Odaco Coliseum, right? It's just like it seems like a nice weekend away. If you're like, especially for me, a Chargers fan, right? Just fly to Vegas for the weekend, party the weekend, and then just go to the Raiders game and watch the Chargers lose. But it's still like a nice stadium. We'll go but, sometime. We'll go when post COVID. We'll, yeah, we'll go yeah. to a game. And also, the Chargers stadium seems amazing. It seems equally amazing. Yeah, Both I will. The stadiums seem I amazing. will never go to a Chargers game. When I can be anywhere else in LA. No, no, no. But I mean, the stadium looks the stadium looks nice objectively, though. Come no, on. it does. It looks real. It does. Nice. It does. The um, only thing we have going for us are we play in a nice stadium and we have good jerseys, so we just look good losing. That's that should be the Chargers' motto, right? Look good losing. We've always had good jerseys. Now we have a good stadium. We just look good losing. Another team that looks good doesn't lose in LA. The Rams. Um, Seahawks. Rams. <laughs> Uh, I think I have the Seahawks. I think I have the Seahawks, right? Yeah, I, I, I picked the Seahawks too. I don't know why. I think the Rams are going to win this one, but I picked the Seahawks anyways. This is a game where Aaron Donald can just impose his will on the Rams okay, defense. This, is, this just... is like the quintessential NFC West type game where it's just like you don't know who's going to win and it really is like so up in the air. Right. Um, A lot I could be decided for this. So much. What were you saying? I love the NFC West so much because it's Dude, such a crazy division. It's crazy because like, the Bills Cardinals game has a lot of ramifications. Let's say the Cardinals win, go to six and three. Let's say the Seahawks lose, drop to six and three. The Rams, the Cards, and the Seahawks will be tied at six and three atop that division. I kind of want that. I That's want the crazy. chaos to reign. Yeah, I want I, the chaos to reign. I I want the chaos to reign and like Nick Mullins to lead this like comeback against one of those teams and just like be like, yeah, <laughs> the reason you guys didn't win the division is because you guys lost to Nick Mullins. Hey, Niners are going to be playing the Saints later. But before that, Bengals-Steelers in the is Big Ben going to play game. I picked the Bengals because I don't think Big Ben is going to play. I still think the Steelers win. 
this is the pick I feel least confident about because I feel so less confident about it. Like I have T Higgins right on my fantasy team. I didn't start him because I feel like Joe Burrow is gonna get destroyed. But on the off chance he doesn't, and again because I'm so ahead in our like you know you know in our pick him, I decided to take the risk and go with the Bengals because I have faith in Joe Burrow. But really, I think the reason why I picked the Bengals is because I don't think Big Ben is gonna play because it doesn't make any sense for Big Ben to play. There's no reason they should play. The like, Bengals would be a game back in the NFC East right now. <laughs> yeah, and they have no offensive line. Yeah. And their defense kind of sucks, but, you know. But, I mean, just, like, from an objective standpoint, Big Ben has two injured knees right now, right? It's, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense for... Just and, give like, him, Mason Rudolph isn't bad. Give him some like, PTO. He's not bad. And they have so many... They have so many good offensive weapons. Like, you don't need Big Ben. You can plug in anybody. I know. It's just... I, I'm telling you, the day the NFL realizes that load management exists, it's it's done. Like I don't yeah. think we see Drew Brees until the playoffs. I don't think we see Tom Brady until Week 16. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees has a lot of load management with like half the plays Taysom Hill runs. Oh, that's how the most hilarious. Drew Brees lined up as wide receiver, and then when the ball was snapped, he went into his quarterback motion. He like literally pretended to take the snap as a wide receiver lined up on yeah, the left that's, side. That's how you and did a three step drop. It's conditioning. That's how you know you've just been doing the same thing the whole damn life. The best part is the cornerback still covered him. Drew Brees is walking backwards away from the first down marker. And the cornerback still stood there. Cover all your bases, man. Do so much trickery in the league nowadays. I I don't care. I'm not covering Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a Nick Foles. He can't catch the ball. Hey, come on. Uh, A little New Orleans special? New Orleans special? What, Nola Nola? Um, Niners and Saints. Speaking of the New Orleans special, I think the Saints win this. Right? I hope the Saints win. They, they better. It'd be embarrassing. What they destroy the Buccaneers inside of their football, and they go to the Twenty Niners, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, we're just gonna go ahead and lose this game. Like, it's gonna be. I mean, hopefully it's a comeback game for for Michael Thomas, right? Hopefully it's like a. You know, like, we'll see what happens. For some reason, every time I think of the Niners and Saints, I just think of that one playoff game, I think 2011, where Alex Smith hit Vernon Davis with that crazy seam down the middle to win the game. Like, I think it was a divisional round game. Yeah, it was. And was a close game. that candlestick went crazy after that. That's the one thing I always just associate anytime I see Niners There's and Saints. There was also the Falcons game, too, that they almost lost, but they managed to win. So. Oh, yeah. The Falcons blew that game. Yeah. Well, what's new? I, I, what would have been a good Sunday night matchup? I don't know about that anymore. Like Ravens, Patriots. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of weird, but we get to see Lamar versus Cam, which could be fun. Yeah, we haven't seen that before. That's kind of who Lamar... Like, Cam ushered in this era after Vic, I think. And then mm-hmm. now it's Lamar. So. Yeah, so we'll see. I think this is like a good matchup for the Ravens in terms of like, can we play against a good defense two weeks in a row? But I mean, the Patriots aren't a good defense. They have a good defensive coach, but they're towards the bottom of the league. They almost lost to the Jets. So I think if the if the Ravens struggle against the the Patriots, I think there's serious questions about the Ravens. We'll see. We'll see. I hope Baltimore scores thirty plus just so people shut up for a week yeah. about how their offense is just broken. Um, last game, Vikings Bears. Um, I like <laughs> NFC North matchups, honestly. They're always they're fun, fun, right? I think they're pretty fun. I think it's going to be a garbage game. I think the Vikings are going to run all over the Bears. 
I'm not, not okay. But, I don't think they're gonna run all over the Bears. But not run on them. No, but not run on them. They're gonna run over them in the passing game. No, I mean that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's gonna be this like blowout. Like I think Chicago's defense has proven now. Like okay, it'll be like it'll be like twenty to seven or twenty to ten. Yeah, I just don't like Nick Foles. No, being yeah, I don't think Nick Foles is gonna score. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I think. I think of of the teams he's played, the Vikings don't have a good defense. So I think this is an opportunity for the Bears. And again, we finally enter the back half of the season, right? This is where Nick Foles is made. Right? This is where he makes his money. If Nick back Foles, if Nick Foles doesn't win against the Vikings, does Trubisky start the next game? No, I mean I don't. I don't think. Well, he's injured right now, but I don't know when he comes back. But yeah, okay. Also, stupid of the Bears to play Trubisky for one game. Or sorry, not for one game, for one play a game. And of course, the one play he plays, he gets injured. So typical, <sighs> the, typical. The Bears. The Bears. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think the the good part about this is if you're a fantasy owner and you're going against Dalvin Cook, you should rest easy. Because Dalvin Cook has quite a hard schedule. The Vikings are playing the Bears, right? Very good defense. The Cowboys, okay, yeah, they're going to easily get a million and a half yards, right? But then towards the back half, they're playing the Buccaneers. They're playing the Bears again, Saints. In the last four weeks of the season, they're playing the Buccaneers, Saints, uh, Buccaneers, Bears, Saints, and then the, the Lions. So I think those three matchups, especially towards the playoffs and the fantasy football playoffs are... You know, going to be really, really tough. So, but yeah, I think, I think he still ends up with like two hundred and ten yard games out of no, hundred percent. I mean, look, do you think he's going to break twenty three hundred yards rushing? How many does he have right now? It's a great question. Let me. Check. We're eight games in. He has fifteen thousand yards. <laughs> now he has eight hundred and fifty eight yards. Um, no, he's not going to get twenty three hundred yards rushing. Okay, I think he ends up with like. 1500 maybe 1600 well, that's a very reasonable estimate yeah okay i'm just saying if he has like three 200 yard games then he's on his way to like that number but you know getting three 200 yard games is tough but if true. there is someone who can do it it is dalvin cook so I, he's had a bunch already Be i don't know why it was 2300 it's like uh, first off it's an unrealistic number it's yeah, like, I was like what off. are you going for like an sat score like what the yeah, hell is this no, guy about to do like, it doesn't even make any sense 2300 jesus if he gets 2300 yards what's the record for rushing yards in a season it's 2100 <laughs> yeah he's gonna you think he's gonna break ap who has it adrian peterson has a record right no the craziest part is dude i feel so bad for ap right eric dickerson had 2105 and ap at 2097 oh that is agonizingly close let's see where the boy lt is on there oh only 1800 oh my god mm. Adrian Peterson on this list several times, dude. Dude, he, I, like, he is undoubtedly a top three running back all time. Yeah. Kind of sucks that he's on this terrible... This Lions... I, I don't trust the Lions at all with the running backs. They have like a million and a half running backs. Like with DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson. Um, what the, happened to um, Abdullah? Like what uh, happened Abdullah, to that guy? Abdullah caught a touchdown pass. He's on the... Uh, Oh, he's on the Vikings now. Yeah, he's he, Abdullah's on the Vikings. I remember he, he was like always talked about in Detroit. Like, oh, he's next. Like, he's no, next. I, I loved Amir Abdullah. I drafted him two straight years in fantasy. Absolute dud. Absolute dud. 
But yeah, oh, they, well. okay, the, the, the Lions have Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Adrian Peterson, right? If you just take those three names, like, oh, those are three really good running backs, right? Swift played Super Bowl at Georgia. Carrion Johnson played Super Bowl at Auburn. And it's just like, yeah, it's just... Adrian it's just Peterson, kind, of, kind of unfortunate. Future Hall of Famer. He says, yeah, none of them worked out. It's just, I don't know why. What happened, but... Oh, well, well, that's our NFL stuff for this week. We were going to do a lot more of this episode. We were going to do some some MLB awards winners, Cy Young MVPs for each league. We were also going to touch on NBA stuff. But now I feel like we're just better off making another episode and dedicate it to the National and Basketball maybe, Association. Maybe if we if we wait long enough, maybe Russell Westbrook will get traded from the Rockets. Yeah, we will monitor whether he goes to the Knicks, the Hornets, or any team that yeah, just apparently really the wants. Yeah, Hornets are a front runner, and apparently Chris Paul is going to go to the Suns, and it's just like, what is happening? I'm just saying any team that signs Westbrook should accept the fact that they'll make the playoffs and lose in the first round. That's all I think I'm saying. Any team that that that, that signs Westbrook should accept the fact that he's not first team all decade in the 2010s. He is first team all decade for the he's 2010s. Not. You're the only person I've heard that shares that opinion. I it's can not like an, guarantee you there are more people who think that as well. Yeah, that, that's that's honestly a worse take than my Jimmy Butler beating Giannis one-on-one. Because that has proven statistical basis in these playoffs. I mean, you've seen how good Jimmy Butler was. I'm Whatever. I'm, I don't want to get into this again. You don't, don't make me upset at the end of this episode. But that's my goal. My goal is to make you upset and our listeners happy. You're forcing me to defend Russell Westbrook, which is, again, something I don't enjoy doing. <laughs> but you you defended him vehemently. Out of episode. necessity. You're going to tell me Westbrook wasn't one of the best five players this decade? Look at, dude, look at the trash you, the trash doc you put on Anthony Davis, right? You were like, oh. Russell Westbrook's better. And then look what happened this season. Bro, I okay, he had a no, better season. Really, he had a he had a better this playoffs. This is really funny. This is really funny. You're like, oh Russell Westbrook, and look what happened. Oh my god. Oh, that was really funny, dude. You know what? Like, whatever. Honestly, we'll, we'll, honestly, I, I think you reverse curse. I think you reverse jinx Anthony Davis. No, I'm glad because I like AD. I, I I really like Anthony Davis, but also he played with LeBron James, so I don't know, of course, but we'll We'll see what happens. Oh, somebody said so. Apparently, there's talks that Demar Derozan is going to go to the Lakers. Oh yeah, somebody... dude, they, it's because they're going to do the. I mean, theoretical, but they would swap Kuzma and Danny Green for Derozan. I, I'm honestly happy. I'm, with that. I think it's a win for both sides because you, if you're the Lakers, pairing another you know top six shooting guard, top five shooting guard with Anthony Davis and LeBron. And Danny Green been utterly useless in the playoffs. So same with Kyle Kuzma. But and the the Lakers have enough. Outside shoot? No, they need more outside shooting, man. Because at least Kuzma, but Demar like, Derozan's gotten better shooting though. No, yes, he has. But Kuzma reliably stretched the floor. Like, not, I'm not even saying like percentage wise, but like he's someone you Size have to wise? defend at the three. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You can say that about Derozan. No, but... I agree. But I think somebody said like so. Somebody tweeted, "Oh, at least finally Demar Derozan can stop LeBron James in the playoffs." <laughs> you can't beat him. Join him, dude. Yeah. No, you can't beat him. Join him and sabotage him, right? Oh my god! Yeah, ask um, who did that? No, Kevin Durant didn't sabotage anybody. I just, uh, whatever. At ask, ask Amir Abdullah. He is on the Vikings now, and hey. Vikings look a lot better than the Lions. Honestly, I'm happy he got out of Detroit. I feel bad for Detroit, man. It's just they have nothing going for them in They're terms stuck. of like. They're just stuck, and I feel bad for Matthew Stafford too because I think his no, I mean, career has yeah, I mean, been underrated by how poor teams around him have been 
somebody was tweeting again. They're like, how are the Lions just stuck in mediocrity decade after decade? And they've had some good players. They've had Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, like Matt uh, Matt Stafford. It's just like they've had good players. Dude, you had Calvin Johnson. Dude, and Calvin, you what? Calvin Johnson's prime is not going to be remembered the way it should be because... He was double covered every single time. Dude, yeah, you would see at the line two DBs just there. And like you it's, don't see that kind of stuff anymore. Nobody gets that respect anymore. And the thing you know, is, he would still make plays. Yeah, he was actually insane. And honestly, the, the thing that like really sealed it for me is... Do you watch the, the the fumble dimension by SB Nation? I've heard of it, but I'm not like... Yeah, so they just do weird stuff. So they decided to do an NFL game manager thing where they ran one play the entire season with the 0-16 Lions and see if they'd win more games than they would have. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's a video game, but the only play they ran was like literally a protect all Calvin Johnson runs, a, you know, a, a fade route and they or like a, a streak route and they throw the ball to him and they ended up winning like three or four games that season. Oh, because... Calvin Johnson will outjump anybody. Like he'll yeah. just, just no, make plays I that feel like, normal no. humans can't. I feel like if in the video game that happened, in real life, it definitely would have happened. I feel like if they just ran that play every single time, they would not have been able to stop it. Yeah, max protect uh, four verticals, just except only throw to Calvin Johnson. He's He's easy catch, Max protect dude. one vertical. That's the max protect one vertical. Oh and God. then like you, you sprinkle in a running play every now and then. Yeah, Abdullah might get some yards for once. <laughs> <laughs> Abdullah's not even, or Abdullah was not on that 0-16 Lions team. No, but, but wonder who was. Calvin Dan Johnson Orlovsky. played Dan Orlovsky. His breakdowns are good. His Twitter breakdowns are good. Some no, sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're really bad. Yeah, bad as in taking a safety in your own end zone. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> that is the Dan Orlovsky legacy. You know, I was like, I think that happened recently. I forget who did it, but ah, oh, fun times, fun times, man. You know what? I realized we don't even talk about college football. There's like a lot to yeah, talk about. A lot, but oh yeah, um, UW is starting their season this Saturday. So are they, or will it be another? Like oh yeah, we're starting our season. Jk, a bunch of COVID tests. We can't no no no. They're they're actually starting this Saturday. So looking forward to that. Go dogs. Are you um, gonna go to the game? No, there's no fans. No, but you can <laughs> rent a boat, right, and go to the little like because the stadium's right by the river. So yes, you can, like, but I'm not gonna do that. I you're have not a dedicated. Uh, see, I would do that for UT if UT's. I mean, okay, U- U- UT Stadium is by a river, but the river is like a like basically a like a piddle of water. But consider if, that it's also raining, and there's something called wind apocalypse that's apparently coming to Seattle this weekend. We're gonna get like 40, 50 mile per hour winds. So, oh, so it's gonna be. I'm very down to be in the comforts of my own home this weekend. Wait, imagine if they kick like a 75 yard field goal and the wind just carried the ball. Oh my god! Yeah, a lot of records could be set, both with COVID no, cases your, and with football this of, weekend. One of the ends of your stadium is open, right? Of a Husky Stadium, it's like an open ended stadium. On I think portion. so. It's it, it's weird. Like I've seen it driving by it, but I uh, I, I don't know. I need to look. I feel at like it a I've explored more. campus more than you have, and you actually go to school. Okay, but yeah, you went during undergrad and. Oh, shout out. I, I need to give a few shout outs. Shout out to our upstairs apartment, Trisha, Sabrina, and Anya back at home. And shout out to the boys, Anant and Nikhil and Amitesh. There, I did it. Are they like watching you right now and are like... No, because I was I was telling them earlier I was going to go record with you and they were like, hey, give us a shout out. And I was like, you and know they were in the, None of them were like, oh, say hi to Ani for me? Well, Trisha and I think Amitesh, but... And you didn't you didn't pass on the message, right? You're just like okay, Well, I feel like it was just understood. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure. 
Also, ha- happy belated birthday for you. I never talked about it on the podcast. Thanks. You know, it's... How, how was your uh, 20th birthday? How do you spend it? My, my 20th birthday? Yeah, I know. It's, I'm, I'm that young, huh? Yeah, you're um, No, 22 was good. It was... um, We celebrated big the weekend before because it was another one of my friends. It was Sabrina's birthday, so we actually celebrated that weekend. Um, COVID safe and everything, but... Sure, sure, sure. It was good. The Monday was, I had a midterm on Tuesday, so I was literally just studying, but we ate a lot of food and had cake and drank. And then this is the first year I don't have a final on my birthday, so. Nice. Yeah, you were in the the work stage of your life, so you, once you come back from work, you're just chilling. Yeah, I mean, come the commute from my, from work to home for me is so long. So oh yeah, the the upstairs bedroom to the downstairs kitchen to the backyard must be great. Yeah, but I guess that's all we we really extend this episode by a lot, but <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun just talking. Uh, yeah. But that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked In Podcast. We talked about NFL stuff. We'll have an NBA episode coming out soon when we get a little bit more clarity on the situation. I think it'll be super fun, and I think a lot of stuff's going to go down. But as always, follow us on our social media pages, podcast.lockedin. Visit our website, www.lockedinpod.com. Keep up to date with everything that we are up to, which is a lot. There's a lot of stuff coming. Hopefully some cool guests. People aren't responding to my Instagram messages, but maybe they will again. You know, i got to get back on that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, Listen, it's, it's, it's a tough, difficult road ahead, but <laughs> you know. Hopefully people respond, but that's all I have to say. Yeah, I got I got nothing, man. I'm going to go. Well, yeah, I mean, out. I think we have to say, as always, stay safe and wash your hands. Wash your hands, people. Peace.